0: Hey friends, have you ever wondered how much is too much, especially when it comes to screen time, phones, and devices? Have you ever wondered when do you introduce the phone or the screens? And how is it that you moderate what it is that your children are exposed to? Well, today we're going to listen to Bill Brady from Trumi talk about some of the standard procedures he uses. It is not that there is an answer, of course not, because we are all so very different. But he has ideas, and from those ideas, we can pick what makes sense for us and for our children. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life, and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist, and you wonder, what do they do, and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades, and in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. I want to tell you language of play family that we are nearly at 10,000 downloads. That is so super cool. So I will ask you to help me cross that threshold. We are less than 800 people away and that would be 800 listens. So share this with any friends you have that have children and family members that have children, anybody that works with children that might find this kind of information helpful. Thank you so much. And if you haven't, uh, yet left a review on Apple Podcast. I will ask you to head on over to Apple Podcast, leave your written review there. It means so much. Thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate every one of you. Now, let's get into today's show with Bill Brady. Because both Bill and I forgot to talk about the special he had offered to the Language of Play listeners, I have gone in to this recording after the fact and added what he said he would do. So that is $50 off of a purchased device through Bill with trumi.com. If this is something of interest to you, go to his website using the code word PLAY for that $50 discount. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining me today on The Language of Play. Today, I have with me Bill Brady. Bill has been one of the pioneers of safe family tech since 2018, helping to launch two separate companies focused on providing safe technology solutions for children. Today, he is the co-founder and CEO of Trumi Wireless. Bill has been married for 22 years and is the father of five kids. And he is part of True Me. So, if any of you are wondering about getting uh, a phone for your kids, technology, wondering when is a good time, what is safe, how do I do it in a way that's effective, then this is an episode that you will be particularly interested in. So, welcome, Bill, to the language of play. Thank you for coming to talk Thank to us about this. You're welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, yes, our. As a parent myself, too, I remember when we were giving technology to the kids and I thought, I, I wonder if it's time. I, I don't know how to tell if they're ready. Sometimes as a teacher, I see young kids with technology and I think, ah, they're not ready. Don't do that. <laughs> and then other times I've known parents that don't give their teens technology. And I think, huh, is is that okay? So will you help us to understand some of those those questions that so often spool in our parents' minds. And no, and, you know it's spooled in my mind.
1: Well, you're, you're exactly right. And every parent in America is grappling with these questions. Uh, what's too young. What's, what's, you know, what's not young enough. Um, I actually chuckled when you were describing that because I had a dad reach out to me last September and, uh, and he said, Hey, Bill, um, I'm thinking about getting a phone for my, my, my daughter. She's going into kindergarten next week and he wanted to talk about products. And I, and I just, I stopped him and I said, I I knew him well enough that I could stop him and just say, don't, don't let, let her be a child. Five is too young. I'm so Uh, glad you said that. that's (laughs) That's my personal opinion.
0: With my so, opinion too, Bill. As a speech pathologist, I want our children to have a good foundation of communication and interaction with human beings face to face before they have any screen time. And if if the world lived by my standard, we we wouldn't have screens prior to five years old. <laughs> I know that's not realistic, but yet we, I want that kids develop that.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of development that needs to happen. I also. I also love the fact, so I'll I'll just give you my own personal take on this whole thing. Uh, I'm in this space. This is what I do for a living. My own 11-year-old son does not have a phone. Um, (laughs) And and because all he's worried about is campfires and splitting wood and, and playing football and being outside. And frankly, I want to preserve that for just as long as I can. And I know that even even with the introduction of a of a safe device or a limited device, that paradigm changes. I, I just I think it's really important for kids to have childhood that is uh, that's face to face with other kids. And and when the time comes, I think the, the question that parents need to be asking themselves is very intentionally: when does technology? serve a purpose, and and then start to ask the question, is it time? Is, Is there a functional, legitimate need that needs to be met? Or is there something in my child's life that truly can be enhanced by way of their learning, for example, if they have this technology? Otherwise, just because everyone else is doing it is not the right reason. Just be very intentional.
0: I love that. I love that you're thinking in terms of what is the purpose that this technology serves because we don't want to just give our kids what other kids have just because other kids have it. That's not the right reason. I love that. I agree with you completely. Now, on that note, how would you define like how do, would you help our parents to think about what is a legitimate reason for young children What would make it legitimate for a young child? And what do you define as young?
1: Yeah, you know, I definitely see some family situations, some family circumstances that do require, you know, the introduction of a phone earlier. Let's say that mom and dad are are not together. They're not living in the same home. And mom wants to be able to, to be sure that she can talk to the kids when they're at dad's house or vice versa you know there are definitely some situations in that vein that i think hey that that is a that's a legitimate real reason uh i also look at um as kids start to get involved in more and more activities there is a safety factor uh you know we have uh one of this happened with our own daughter um she is in a in, in a choir that practices quite regularly in a large city about 45 minutes away from our home and frequently we carpool with other parents to to get the kids back and forth and one night before our daughter had a phone um, the carpool family forgot her and and there she was in this big city sitting on the steps of a building and didn't know exactly where she was and uh, she was terrified Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, thank goodness, one of the other moms kind of clued into the fact, something's off here. And you know, she was able to, to, to give us a call and, and get things figured out. But you know, if the kids are, are going back and forth to activities, and there is a, a communication channel that needs to stay to stay open, that's a legitimate reason. Um, but even within that, ask the question, okay, what's the what's the minimum we can introduce? And, you know, if the child has that need for a communication channel, doesn't mean they need to have social media.
0: Okay. It doesn't
1: mean they need to have unfettered access to the Internet. You know, just solve for the needs as the needs uh, come up. I and, like this. Uh, and again, just always asking that question of what is the what is the actual need we're solving for?
0: I like this. I like that very much. You know, when you talked about legitimate reason, what I was hearing from again my speech language perspective, I'm hearing that you're using it for the purpose of communication. I'm hearing that in that first scenario you gave, like child is at dad's house and wants to talk to mom, or child's at mom's house and wants to talk to dad, they have access to communicate yeah. with a parent. And in that in that next situation, you know, like hey, when I grew up, there wasn't phones. And when you grew up, there probably wasn't phones either like this. (laughs) And so those kind of problem solving skills were what we had to adapt to. But our children haven't really needed to do a lot of those problem solvings because so often they have a phone and they can call mom or call dad. And then mom and dad solve the problem. I have seen that happen quite a lot. At the same time, when you talk about what is the minimum need, um, what I'm hearing repeatedly is it's communication and not the social communication with friends, but rather it is the communication to solve a problem. So I'm just wanting to highlight that again, because I think that that is a, if parents put that into their mind, like what problem does this solve? What is it that I'm actually doing for purpose? I think that that probably takes away a lot of questions.
1: Definitely for the younger kids, it does um yes. now the needs evolve um by the time kids are getting into the you know that 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old range needs are evolving and there are a lot of schools that are asking for kids to be using digital classroom apps for example you know that could pose a new opportunity you know to help with with learning and with tracking your grades and uh you know and and I think that's again that's a uh, looking at the the need and the opportunity that's that's a that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to remember the big picture. I always tell people that I I think it's it's essential we we absolutely be thinking about the safety of children today, but we also have to be thinking about their preparation for the future. Mm-hmm. And so you know as I've looked at, at at my own kids and I've got five my oldest is 19 and my youngest is seven. And as as we've looked at our teenagers, we're, pre- we're really preparing them for adulthood. You know, we want them to be vibrant, confident, healthy adults. You know, that, that's, right. what we're, that's what we're raising them to be. We and, are raising uh, adults,
0: aren't we? We're not raising children. We're raising adults.
1: And we want them to have a vibrant childhood along the way.
0: Right. But,
1: at the, you know, by the time they're 18 and leaving the house... Um, you know, technology is going to be part of their lives. It's going to be part of their jobs. Uh, it's going to be part of any kind of higher education they do. They have to be proficient in using technology. So that's the, other, that's the other balance. And you have to do this on a child-by-child basis, understanding when each of your kids is ready to graduate to that next level of responsibility, and then just introduce those, no, those new features and functions of a cell phone, for example, as the kids mature, as the needs evolve. So that by the time they're 17 years old, they're they know they know how to use a phone responsibly. They're and they know how to protect the themselves. Content. Absolutely. They mm-hmm. can avoid the the predators, they can avoid the bullies. Uh there they can regulate the content that they look at, all of those things. They need to, they need to to have those things mastered by the time they leave home.
0: I like that. Thank you. Now, we've used the terminology tech, and we've also said phone. And so in this context, I am understanding all of our tech that we're talking about to be phone. Do you mean that?
1: Phones are definitely the primary the, the primary uh, device that kids use. Um, you know, They'll use Chromebooks or, or laptop computers. Uh, frequently, schools give those give those out or or have some program in place for for kids to use computers. That's not uncommon now. iPads, um, but <laughs> iPads. But you know, most frequently, it's kids and phones are really where all these questions um, are really circulating. Uh, it, it's it's the it, that's the big step. That's the 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 rite of passage that kids are looking for. And if left untrained and completely to their own devices, that's where they're going to spend their time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so that's, that's, that's one of the cautions I give parents is, yes, introduce technology, take steps to make sure that it doesn't become the default for how kids spend their time. Yes. You know, I look at my kids who do have phones and we still stress with them this is the phone is not your life. Your life is outside the phone. Let the phone be a tool and not a tyrant. Don't let it become the default for everything you do and for every spare minute you have. And, that, and that's a, <laughs> that's a conscious process. We as adults have to model that because exactly. kids are learning their first habits from us.
0: Exactly. So when I see a parent Fairly often talk about how the child loves the iPad and wants to be on the iPad and screams when they have to leave the iPad. And, you know, so like that addiction experience is already starting. And yet very often that parent is on the phone a fair amount. And so, like you say, the copying does happen. And I think mm-hmm. we're all guilty of that and and that idea of talking to ourselves as parents to make sure that we are leaving an example. And it's easy to think that what it is that we're doing is more important than what they're doing. but they don't see an importance level. They just see you're on a screen. They're on a screen. There is no judgment in that
1: and And we've all had that as parents, we've all yes. had that that tragic moment where we have a son or a daughter saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, mom, dad, you know, look at this. They want to show us something or share something that's exciting to them. And in return, they're getting, give me one second. Hold on. Just one second. Let me finish this. Hold on. And then by the time you finish that text message or that email or whatever you're working on, you look up from that device and your child has given up. They're gone. Mm -hmm. And, And we've inadvertently just said this device is more important than... The person.
0: Yeah.
1: And 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 that's a that's a heartbreaking thing to consider. But we've all done it. We've yeah. all done it. And yeah. so as parents, we've we've I I've tried to make it and I have a long way to go. because like, it's it, this is this is life. We all deal with this. But I try to make a conscious decision now. When one of my kids comes and they want to talk, I literally take my phone and turn it upside down or put it in my pocket. And just try to remove remove that element from being a distraction in the conversation because the child needs to know that they're more important than whatever i'm doing and uh and i want to model for them that people are more important than their devices now are there exceptions to that yeah sometimes there is an emergency that you're working on and you have to say hey bobby susan uh, I'm finishing something that's really important. Can you give me three minutes, please? And and that's fine, but make that the exception and not the rule.
0: Right. And on that note, this podcast is the language of play. And we talk about what language we use when we are interacting. And so what I'm thinking about is that moment that the child um, experiences us on the screen and the child then has just gotten the message that we didn't mean to send which is, this is more important than you are right now. And then we have to go back and repair that, because that's really important to go back and repair that. And because we have all done it, me included, even with my adult children and with my grandchildren, you know, like I I know better, and I've still done it. Um, What language, or maybe you haven't gone down this road, what language do you teach parents or help parents to use, to be able to make that repair, to go back and say, you know, like, Hey, I, I do not want to teach that. I know I just did that. Or how do you do it?
1: you know, I'm, I, I believe in the power of apologies. Yes. Both for the, you know, the apology itself, but both, but also for the, the symbolism behind it. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem going to one of my kids, whether whether I lost my temper or whether I you know, had one of these moments with a device, whatever it is, I have no problem pulling aside uh, one of my kids and saying, I've got a son named William, for example, and to say, hey, William, I, I need to apologize to you. A few minutes ago, you came to talk to me. And in that moment, I acted like I was too busy for you. And I I was working on something important, but I don't ever want you to think that my work is more important than you are. I apologize. Please tell me what you wanted to say.
0: Mm, I love. And,
1: that. Uh, <laughs> and and you know I think kids will will give us some grace when we when we you know admit, it. hey, we're we're learning as we go, and hey, give me another chance on that. Give me a do over. <laughs>
0: It sounds to me like you have just taught your child how to make an apology and how to request a do-over. And it sounds to me like you're connecting really well. So I love that. So fantastic. All right. On the same note of language and, and how it is that you teach, is there something that you would say is to avoid? Like telling parents what to avoid? Or um, yeah, anything to just put a blacklist on, like we talked social uh, media.
1: Yeah, I mean, social media is is the top of my list. Uh, even and even kids recognize even kids recognize the concerns. There's a, a a survey from the Pew Research Center where they talk to adolescents, and you know, seventy five percent of kids. Uh, in this study, said that their emotional well being deteriorates based on the time they spend on social media. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing study after study that show uh, long term effects relative to stress, anxiety, and depression because of, of social media. And that's just that's, that's one line that I draw in the sand and, and just say, right. you know what? Social media is not for kids. I, and I, and I believe that, and I, and I will stay, I will take that to my grave. (laughs) I think that's a, that's a, that's a big one.
0: Thank you. That's tricky because um, when we define kids, it's not an age, it's a maturity.
1: Yes. And,
0: and that's really tricky because it would be a lot easier if the world were black and white. And when your child turns 16 and a half you know that they were adult enough to handle it, <laughs> but it's not true no, because, no. because it's not. And so I know that it, there's there's no wisdom in saying, my child is of age for this by chronological age, but what hallmarks might you tell parents that are like, oh, I see them doing this or that. So that shows that they have some maturity, some discernment, some judgment, i see that they're capable of saying no or protecting themselves
1: yeah i think one of the big ones is being able to have the courage of their own convictions and Good. not be swayed by every message coming from their peers so you know if if in in face to face relationships if they've developed the confidence to to be able to have conversations like, hey, I respect your opinion. Uh, I see something differently. I don't agree with that. Here's what I think. Oh, that's that's a mature way to have a, a conversation in an opinion. And, and not just be folding to, well, my friends are doing this and they're doing that. And they're saying this and they're saying that. Therefore, I must as well. Mm-hmm. That's a scenario where on social media, someone's going to be very influenced by every example that is set for them. Whether we agree with that example or not as parents. So I mean it's, 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 has a, has a child got to that point where they've become their own person? Where they they know what they stand for, they know what they believe in, and they can they can discern also between what's real and what's not real. You know, one of the traps that that young people get into on social media, frankly, adults do too is looking at everyone's lives and thinking, oh, look at that vacation they went on. I never get to do that. Look at that boat they have. Oh, we don't have one of those. And not not consciously realizing that social media is a curated view of reality. You're only seeing what people want you to see. You're not seeing their problems. You're seeing only the best face they can put on. And I think there's a real trap if you're not careful to, to get into this cycle of ingratitude, frankly, you, you lose appreciation for the things that you do have if you only focus on the things that you don't have. And ingratitude, nothing nothing can rob you of happiness faster than ingratitude. Right. And, and, and that's where you see these studies that are showing uh, the time spent on social media leads to stress, anxiety. Depression, it's its all part of that cycle of comparing ourselves to other people and feeling like we don't have enough, we're not good enough, and we just don't add up. It's not healthy.
0: Wow. I i should tell listeners, I've taken notes today as Bill Brady has been speaking because this is a wealth of information that I wish I had had when my children were young, when my kids were small Phones were just starting to come out and none of us knew what the rules ought to be. And now what we see all over the place is so much social media, so much addiction, so much phone and screen use to the degree that Bill is talking about, that it's unhealthy. And what you said today, I know very well that I am going to be directing many of my my clients, my, when I coach, I'm going to be directing them to this podcast, this episode to learn some of your ideas, because I agree with you and it's, I like how you've articulated it. So thank you so much. Before we close out today, if any of my listeners would like to know how to get in touch with you, um, would you tell them how, and then I will also put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have uh my email address you feel the, feel free to shoot me an email it's bill bill@trumi.com uh happy to to uh to connect there and in our website is www.trumi.com
0: very good i will have both of those links in the show notes thank you so much for your information your wisdom your your wealth of information today bill thank you for sharing with with the parents that listen to the language of play.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. Great to be with you.
0: Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community, where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.